Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are in Tannisborn, Hillsboro, Beaverton. <laughs> we in Beaverton, bro. Beaverton, Beaverton. What's the... Uh, <clears throat> Is this technically, is Tannisborn technically Hillsboro? I don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> We're Beaverton. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, as you see, I got D-Boy alongside with me here today. And we are happy to be here right now during these social distancing times. Um, quarantining. Quarantining. Staying out the way. All of the above. Social um, distance. Hope you all are doing well out there. Staying safe. Staying healthy. Um, these are definitely some insane times, which obviously we really don't have a choice but to talk about a lot of what's going on during these times here today on the podcast. So we'll get into some of that. But D-Boy, how you holding up so far? Oh, I'm cool. I'm cool. Feeling we'll get good? into you know how I'm cool and why I'm cool in the midst of all this. But I mean, I'm feeling good. I'm you know trying to stay out the way as much as possible. Obviously, I'm taking the situation serious, but... All in all, I'm I'm good. I'm in a good space. Absolutely. So you How about you? I'm I'm good, feeling healthy, feeling all right. I'll tell you about some of the things that definitely have piqued my interest during these times. But as far as my health and well being is concerned, I am doing A OK. But um usually we'll start the podcast out with announcements. So I guess my first announcement will be that all my gigs are currently canceled right now. You and me both. <laughs> I, I, I do have a job, but I'm talking about my gigs in regards to DJing in specific uh, in particular. Um I'll definitely get into some of the work that we're doing over at Street Roots because we have gotten insanely creative over there. But Unfortunately, my DJ gigs have turned into social distancing gigs. Mm -hmm. In fact, tomorrow night on my Instagram at about 7.45 p.m., I'll be doing round two of my neo-social distancing uh, sessions, whatever you want to call them. I, I did one last week. A lot of people tuned in on my Instagram live, showed support, showed love. Tomorrow we'll make it even bigger and better. Um, it was my first time ever DJing on Instagram live. I actually don't even really utilize Instagram live like that. So I'm definitely enjoying kind of stepping out of my comfort zone as a creative and seeing everybody else either step out of their comfort zone as a creative. Cause a lot of folks are going on live or seeing some of the people that have already been thriving, really be able to show their true talents during these times. But, um, yeah, I should have been, I should have been actually performing the last two days on the SOB tour um, in Santa Cruz and Sacramento, I believe. So, yeah. obviously missed out on those gigs. And then I was supposed to also be performing April 3rd in L.A. on the same tour. I was supposed to join them for the last three shows. So, obviously, that ain't happening gigs are canceled. right now. So, <laughs> gigs. You know, like you said, we got other you know sources of income and ways that we move, but... Still, that was some stuff I was looking forward to doing, and that's definitely out. Absolutely, especially when it comes to kind of our creative flow and things that we do, I would say professionally, we get paid for. We, right. we go out and really do this th these types of things for a living. But I will say, you know, in regards to, like I mentioned with Street Roots, we have gotten extremely creative over there. Our Street Roots action team, which... It consists of majority of our Street Roots vendors. For those of you that don't know, I am the vendor program manager at Street Roots. But our folks who usually go out and sell the newspapers as vendors obviously have been stripped of that form of being able to receive income. So we, unlike our country, 
tried to get ahead of the curve before things actually got shut down, before there was a shelter in place uh, pun order. intended, unlike our country. Yeah, yeah, pun intended okay, for sure. Okay. Pun intended right. for sure, because we'll get into that, because yeah. we know that there was a press conference held today, and this social distancing stuff will be extended out until April 30th, and Trump announced it. But anywho, um, going back to Street Roots, an organization that's doing great things in the community, by the way, um, you know, like I said, we, we had this action team. Once we started to see things were probably going to change before we actually had to shut down the newspaper and actually release all of our content digitally, we started thinking of ways for our vendors to really get involved and kind of being able, be able to, to generate a little income, right? Not just generate a little income, but also to not be, this is a, the homeless population is a population that obviously is stereotyped in many ways. They're looked at a certain type of way and especially in not the cleanest way. Mm -hmm. So in that, a lot of people were already couldn't wait to open their mouths essentially to talk about how the homeless population would probably help spread the virus mm. rather than being out on the forefront to try to prevent the virus from spreading. Mm -hmm. So with this action team, we were able to get kits. We were talking to uh, Multnomah County, City of Portland. Obviously, we reached out to donors and got a bunch of donations. And we essentially got these kits made um, with just different items, hand sanitizer, certain things that can help folks while they're out there in their tents. And we had our vendors go out into the community and pass out these kits. And we also got informed from the county of where things were at that particular time and daily we get updates from Multnomah County and our vendors are handing out these slips so that the right information is going out to these folks that are unhoused, living in tents and living out on the streets, essentially. Um, and we were paying them. Our organization just made that a way to be able to fund our vendors. And then once things fully shut down, we created a vendor income assistance fund. And because of a lot of work that we were doing, a lot of the coverage that we have gotten and are still getting on all these news platforms here in Portland, we're getting a lot of money being thrown to this vendor assistance income fund that we created. And so now we're able to pay out vendors based on this fund that was a lot of, that's being given to us through a bunch of donors and folks in the community that are still tapped into what we do, support our organization, support our vendors, and support the creativity that we're now having to kind of make adjustments throughout. Because as I mentioned, the print paper is no longer for the time being, and everything is going digital. So um, it's just been some amazing work that our action team has done. There's more things that are going to come about that we're working with the city on right now that I'll announce probably on our next episode. But it's just been amazing. All the work that we've done, even myself, because a lot of our content, where well, all of our content is going digital, I'll be launching a Street Roots podcast here in the very near future. So um, we're just continuing to push and fight through. And I'm very fortunate that we're still able to, you know, keep our jobs over there as staff at Street Roots. And very fortunate that we have a community that really, truly supports us because times are crazy. Folks are losing their jobs. Folks really don't know what's next to come. Um, like I said, we have gotten extended as far as the social distancing practices are concerned from the celebrity in chief, <laughs> Donald Trump. So it's just a lot going on, man. And it's a lot going on and we have no idea what's right. next to come. That's what makes it 
such an interesting and unfortunate Every time day in a is lot different of ways. At, the, at this point. Every absolutely. Day. Absolutely. So um yeah, just keep keep in touch with what we're doing over at Street Roots because we are definitely trying to make waves and do right by the community and get income to folks who are having a hard time to be able to do so. And like I said, I'll keep you updated on what's going on. I know we've been on straight talk this week on KGW with Laura Porter. Um, so yeah, just stay tuned into what we're doing, but D boy, you and I both are creatives. What have you been doing during these times? I talked about sort of what I've done with this neo social distancing thing, and I'll probably be doing more stuff in regards to sports this coming week on IG Live, but right. what's some of the things you're doing during these times of quarantining? Well, um, as people know, we usually be recording out of the Living the Dream studio. You make that very clear at the beginning of each and every podcast. And so, uh, the fa- in addition to us doing our personal stuff and having people rent out the studio, we also um, serve as the home studio to um, a group home or multiple group homes that have kids with autism and all different kind of developmental disabilities come record. And that's a part of our income source as well. So with that being said, obviously this is not the time to have a lot of kids traveling in and out of the studio back and forth from Portland to Hillsborough and Cornelius and all of these different cities that they come from. So with that being said, one of the creative things that I did was uh, bring our spare studio set up to the actual programs and have them record at the actual program. So they still are not missing out on that. Yeah. You know, that outlet the, to the be outlet, exactly. <laughs> yeah. To be able to still create podcasts and speak on what they want to talk about. And also really just being around the equipment because a big thing to them is still the sensation of talking and hearing yourself yeah, play yeah, back yeah, yeah, in yeah. the, you know, in the system. So although they don't get that ride out to Portland and kind of, get that really outing, I still was able to bring the, the equipment to them and still ultimately knock out some content. So that was one thing I thought was pretty cool, just how easy and quick it was to set up there and have them do that. And they appreciated it. So um, that was one thing. Another thing I'm doing on a personal level, as far as my artistry is, um, for the last three, four days now, I've been writing, recording, basically self-servicing putting out music. I, I'm recording at home right now. And so uh, I'm using, like I said, my second stu- setup right now and making music. I'm waking up writing to more so popular uh, industry beats, uh, mixtape beats. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm recording, I'm mixing the song, I'm making the, the artwork for it, and then ultimately uploading it to SoundCloud and uh, also posting snippets on my Instagram. And that's been a hit for me the last few days. I'm noticing the numbers picking up, uh, the comments and interaction has been amazing, both on my page and on my story. So uh, I think it's a little hidden gems that you find in times like this where, you know, it might even correlate and keep going even once, you know, the world returns back to as normal as we will know it from here on out. So that's what I've been doing to creatively, you know, stay sharp in my craft while I'm obviously not doing shows, as I mentioned in the announcement. So, yeah, that's two of the things right there. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. So um, let's just get into some content because we're talking about some of the things that we're doing creatively and some of the adjustments we've had to make as creatives. I want to talk about what you and I may necessarily think on some of the folks out there in society that have been the most creative during these times. Um, 
I guess starting from a level of musicianship and DJing and things that we're very into, interested in, and actually do ourselves, um, you got to talk about D-Nice and what he's been able to do mm -hmm. as a DJ and kind of really being the pioneer of this movement of DJs coming out and DJing on Instagram Live. I'm even doing it now. Um, he was able to garner huge attention in doing so. I think it's been great uh, for the community, the, the music community, the DJ community in particular, because it's now showing how important DJs actually are to society. And sometimes that can get lost in translation, especially when you think about all of the all of these streaming platforms and all of these playlists and artists doing multiple things to be creative themselves that can kind of get in the way of the importance of the DJ. Um, but we're now seeing right now in a time of crisis that these DJs are actually elevating and I would say outshining the artist in a lot of ways, which you don't usually see um, when we aren't in crisis per se. But right now, DJs are definitely doing some dope stuff. But I think in regards to what I think has been the most creative that has intrigued me the most are these actual beat battles that have been taking place. Uh, last week, you had Timbaland and Swiss Beats get on and do a beat battle where they just essentially got on Instagram live with each other and went through their catalog and competed on who had the best music catalog. And it really kind of keeps you informed in some ways because mm -hmm. there's some hits that you might not have knew that they were attached to that they actually were. Especially there's, in the world of samples nowadays. In the world of samples nowadays, you have no idea. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so there's some hit records that these folks have that you just might not have knew they were the production behind that particular record. Other records may be nostalgic because you haven't heard these records in so long and they may take you back to a time and a place when you used to listen to that record growing up and things of that sort. Um, um, who else? Hit Boy and uh, Boy Wonder. Uh, they have done the same thing essentially with these beat battles. So seeing people actually use these times to show how much content they've created over time and show their talent on a platform such as social media, but also to be able to still be competitive. You know what else? During though? that has been really, really dope to me and I, the most impressive to me. I'm going to be honest. Like, as an artist personally, too, like, the thing that if I had to take something from an artist's perspective that I like about this or the feeling that this whole situation is giving or a time is bringing me back to... um. I've been doing music for a, a good amount of time, about a decade to be exact, and this is the first time in a long time where you feel like the creative part is what matters again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even though we have more access to social media and everything right now than we did 10 years ago, I think only MySpace was really popping in Facebook a little bit, but more on a college. It's more family-oriented, I feel like over the years, but I say all that to say, um, we live in a world that because it's so content driven and, and, and because we have Instagram and Twitter at our fingertips, it, it was always a constant, where's everybody at? Who's doing what? Which person do I know that's on vacation right now? Because it's always a rotation. Oh, they out of town now. Oh, this person out of town right, now. Right, right, right. Flexing. And, yeah, <laughs> it, I mean... And I don't want to use that term because sometimes it's really not flexing. This is just what people are doing within their life. Like I said, we know so many people that it just seems like 
a constant rotation of people taking trips and people in clubs and circles hanging out together. So in a time where all of that has shut down or slowed down tremendously, now the creativity matters again. And I honestly feel like that's where certain creatives that have been kind of lost in the in the saturation of how many people do this, they're becoming able to have a platform to thrive again, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes I'm not sense, sure if sure. I'm able to to really speak it how I feel about it, but it's like I, I just feel like, you know, now people are paying attention to the creativity because that's all you have. You're not distracted by who's where and what they're doing and who you want to be like right now because this is one thing that we all have in common right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We no. all going through this. You yeah, feel I, me? I agree 100%. And I, I like it on all levels from the experienced folks that have been creating for a very long time or mastering their craft for a very long time, such as somebody like a D-Nice, to even to some of the folks that aren't as experienced that need to be thrown into the fire, essentially, because mm -hmm. I look at myself, for example, I've been able to do a lot of great things in the media. I've been able to do some pretty cool things even as a DJ. And one thing that I've always felt kind of held me back was me sort of being resistant in regards to utilizing my talents and putting them out there on social media. Because I was always the kind of guy that was like, hey, I'm able to do these things professionally and get paid for it. And I think some of that might even be attached to the radio history that I have. And yes, radio in a lot of ways is really outdated. <laughs> and although I was really young when I got into the radio industry, there were some parts that I knew and saw was outdated that made me not really... I'm not going to say not want to go back into that industry, but made me hesitant in regards to going back into that industry. But I was still somebody that came up in that industry as yeah. well. So certain things and characteristics I held on to as a, and I say this with air quotes, radio guy that was a shell that I sort of needed to break out of. And right now I'm really being forced to do so during these times and having to get more creative on a plethora of levels, even within the jobs that I currently have and outside of the jobs that I currently have when it comes to passion projects and things of that sort. So really being able to see people come out of their shell and try something new, I think is just as impressive as seeing these people that have mastered their crafts for a really long time come out and just create dope ass content for us day in and day out. Mm -hmm. So I'm liking to see it on all levels. It's like an advanced level, an intermediate level, a beginner's level. You need those kinds of things when it comes to creating content. And in a lot of ways, we don't necessarily have that because content creators do tend to be selfish in some ways. They, they do tend to withhold who they are as a creative because we've been lost in translation in a lot of ways and being able to negotiate what our true value is as creative. So I'm really hoping during these times, Folks practice mastering their craft, even if you don't think you're necessarily the best or good enough to be able to go on IG Live, do it anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it does not matter. Do it anyway, because that's the only way that you'll be able to crack that code later mm -hmm. on mm -hmm. when you want to show what your yeah, true worth is in this society. Where there's a negative, there's usually always a positive, and somebody's going to come out on top from this situation. Absolutely. Some, it's a tragic situation. <laughs> I hate we're going through it as a, as a people, as a unit, as a country, and beyond for real, but even with that being said, somebody, some group of people, some percentage of people 
will be able to use this situation to to better them their lives in the long run. Yeah. And so, um, you, like he said, it's really no wrong answer right now. It's we no all going answer. through this we for the first going, time yeah. and figuring it out. So Get at a time it. where you felt kind of resilient before, it should be nothing holding you back. Absolutely, absolutely. Now I want to transition into more of kind of a sporty topic. Um because you got a couple things going on on the sports front. Obviously, most things being canceled, suspended, and or postponed. Um, first things first, you think about the Olympics, I think, which are the most global games that we have in society being suspended. And I don't want to dig too deep into it because I am going to try to get Dr. Jules Boy Boykoff on this podcast. He's a friend of the podcast. We've had him on here several times. He was here in studio with us when we had Amira Rose Davis in here, and he is a prominent voice in regards to Olympic politics and how the Olympics have kind of been ran throughout history, where things are today, and the future of the Olympics. Um, but, D-Boy, I just kind of want to get your reaction on how you feel about the postponement of the Olympics? Do you think it was right? Or do you even think that they should just go ahead and cancel the Olympics as a whole for this round, obviously? It's every four years that you get yeah. um, that you get the summer games. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, 2020, it's canceled. They're thinking about postponing it into 2021. Do you think that's a little bit too soon to postpone a games that is so global where we have this pandemic that has had the effect and the ripple that has had up to this point. Is that too soon still to try and have a games and have folks coming nah. all over the mm-hmm. world to one central location? No, that's not too soon. Um, first and foremost, I feel bad for everybody who planned to attend this year because even on a personal level, our own sister already had flights booked, hotels booked. You feel me? Ready to stay out there. Uh, and, and and I was considering going my damn self Absolutely. because it was in Japan, correct? It, it, yeah, that's Tokyo. Right schedule. Tokyo, yeah, Japan. Exactly. So um, me personally, like I said, knowing people who bought their ticket as early as last year to, to prepare to go to this, um, I'm sure it's, it's, a, it's a large percentage of people who are losing out and having to change up, you know, their, their travel plans and reservations because it's not one. So... First and foremost, like that sucks to be looking so forward to attending that as both a spectator and somebody who's participating too. Because as you said, with every four years, it's people who train day in and day out, every day in between to Mm -hmm. go represent the way that they want to and rightfully so. So, um, yeah, my, my, my prayers out to them for real. But outside of that, I don't think 2021 is too soon. And the reason I say that is because I think right now we're we're dealing with such a hands-on epidemic, such a such a major factor that they're gonna have to nip this thing in the bud sooner than later. And I mean, with that being said, whether it's somebody figuring out a cure or you know a way to really slow this thing out tremendously, I think they don't have the time to wait up for another year to where this would affect that. I think we're gonna have to figure this thing out sooner than later for all sports, not even just the Olympics, like. I do believe that certain things will be changed forever when it comes to large social gatherings and things of that nature. But once again, whatever they figure out is going to have to be done, in my opinion, honestly, in the next six months, which gives you plenty of time to still, you know, have have 2021 still be 
a, a factor and then the next one being in 2024, correct? Yeah, but but that's the thing. Like, six months sounds like, okay, we get something. First off, there's mumblings out there saying that we probably won't have a vaccine for this until about a year out from now. Um, that, that, I don't know how true that is necessarily. I, you're, I'm reading and intaking so much content right now. And like that I said, with my time, opinion, I said they would have to find, I mean, yeah. within six months to already be effectively really slowing this down or, or, but, it, but, but even, but if they don't, if they don't find it within six months, I really think that the game should just be canceled on multiple fronts. The first front being because it is such a global event where you have people coming from so many different countries. parts of the of the world, world. different countries different countries in so many different parts of the world infiltrating this one particular spot i don't know how necessarily fair that is for tokyo japan in particular money talks the ioc has a lot of money i think that's part of the reason that they tried to hold out as long as they could to even say you know what? We're gonna postpone the 2020 Olympics into 2021. It was 2021. inevitable. Though. They had to. It, it was inevitable. They, they had, had to. to, but they should have been the leaders in that. Where I would say probably the NBA were the leaders in that in the sports world. The Olympics, being a global games, should have been the leaders in saying, you know what? We're gonna postpone. The this NBA was the leader the because an NBA player had it though. That's what I think is I a agree. big difference. I it's agree. Like, I the agree. games hadn't come yet, so it's a lot more to figure out. Where it's like now, somebody has it in the NBA. It's a, almost a you have to. I, I agree one hundred percent. But the problem isn't that the NBA player had it, which forced the NBA to do it. The problem goes back to like I said, this is a global event. The coronavirus has been a global issue for a very long, well, not a very long time, long but long enough, enough mm-hmm. time for them to have made a decision a while back. Not wait until America finally started to freak out about this whole thing, knowing that you have athletes coming from China. You have athletes coming from Italy. You have athletes coming from these different places that have been dealing with this pandemic for a while. So I don't think it should have necessarily took for a player in the NBA to force the NBA to do it, and then everybody. I mean, let's just face it. Us as a whole country, we 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 was too late. We we slacked. We were late. We slacked on it. The Olympic Games should have had more awareness that it's a global event, so they shouldn't have been as late as we were as a country in particular. Mm -hmm. So that's where I don't really give them an out in that realm. Also, just thinking about how funding is going to really kind of come into play here and what is this really going to do for Tokyo, Japan, extending this thing out another year? When you think about some of the promises made, the, the employment promises, and just so many different things that come into play and how you've kind of affected and restructured this city that is Tokyo, Japan for an event that you expected to take place this year. How are you going to utilize those spaces that you've started to build and create out there in Tokyo's favor, I would like to know more on that. I think we're obviously not far enough into this thing to know more on that, but I think that the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee, should be pressured into letting us know how are you assisting Tokyo and making the economy better there and making sure the health and well-being of the people that are already in that community is better over a year's time span. And then lastly, I think about the athletes. And I've been on this podcast time and again. 
advocating for the athletes. You think about the Olympic trials and you think about players and athletes that qualify to go to the Olympics. It's usually a bit closer to when the actual event is happening. And now you have a bunch of athletes who really lives depend on the Olympics that are going to qualify for the 2020 games. How do you rectify their qualifications for these games to make sure they a either participate in next year's games or b kind of think about the mental health and the well-being of those athletes who might in a year not be the same athlete that they are today (laughs) they might not be that same athlete that they are right now that will get them to qualify in 2021 so it's just so many fronts that i think the international olympic committee needs to focus in and hone in hone in on right now before giving us a date a year out and saying hey the games are going to take place in 2021 i'm not necessarily opposed to the games taking place in 2021 but i am a bit opposed to the ioc announcing that the games will take place in 2021 because i think there are a lot more important issues that need to be addressed right now before announcing when the next games will be that's the problem that I have with it. Yeah. If, if like you said, it's six months out, things are kind of changing. I didn't know that they said it was for sure. I feel like they were saying that that's what they're shooting for is to push it back. And once again, I can respect that with this being a first for everybody and what everybody's going through. And with the Olympics being as big as it is for reasons that you said, I think it is within reach to, to try to shoot for that time. And if not, I think it should be... A, a sooner than later decision. You know, uh, yeah, I, I was think about to say, I, I don't mind that being yeah, but they, the, target goal, be the target goal. But, but them publicizing that that's the target goal based on like the history, based on the history that the Olympics have, first and foremost, and based on, like I said, the slowness in the way that they reacted to this entire pandemic as a whole. I think they should have said, you know what, we're going to postpone some things because we have a lot that we need to address right now rather than saying, hey, we're going to suspend it and in 2021 it's coming back again. There's a lot in between that needs to happen and be taken care of that they need to be responsible for addressing before telling us we're going to have a 2021 Olympic Games in Tokyo, Japan, because they didn't cancel it. They said they're postponing it for 2021. So that's where I am. I just think that their list of priorities haven't necessarily been the greatest all along, not just since they made the announcement that they're going to postpone the games. But even before that, um, I think they could have prioritized some things a lot better as the Olympic games and they just didn't do it. Um, so that's kind of my thing with them. I, I'm not anti-Olympics. So let me just say that right now. I'm somebody who right. loves sports in an insane way and was looking forward to see what greatness we were going to see this year in the Olympic Games. But um, kind of transferring out of the Olympics now, let's take it to the NBA, dude. I talked about this a bit on the last episode, but I was by myself on that episode. You weren't here, so I'd like to hear your thoughts on what the NBA should do during these times. Should they cancel the rest of the season? No. Should they? <laughs> Give it to the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> no, but on a serious note, though, bro, I think that... um. I've been thinking about this a lot, actually, and it's crazy because I can only imagine the people up top who have this decision to make if it's if they even have the authority to make the decision. And when I'm saying that, I'm talking about NBA commissioners and all that kind of stuff. Adam Silver and uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, exactly. 
when you start talking about 2021 being too early for the Olympics and then you talk about LeBron James already publicly saying that pay, playing in front of no fans, he wouldn't do it. it you heard that interview, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he wouldn't do it because he, he wants I, to he get said, paid. He but said I would he, not do it. That's what he said yeah, in the interview. If he was an exec, he's saying he said I, I he's not. Think, he said he's not gonna play. He's I, not gonna play with no fans there. That's what he said out of his mouth. We can reference it after this. It was the Richard Jefferson podcast, and I didn't hear. No, it, it wasn't so. in a podcast. He said it on a, after a, in a post game interview in a locker room. They asked him about if he would exercise the idea of playing in I front of no. He, I think I'm he said telling it you the, what I. I, I he could have said it on Richard, both too. Yeah, I just saw Richard it's, Jefferson it's on the ESPN. It started yeah. the first thing when this thing was hot off the press before. Yeah. Rudy Gobert was diagnosed or anything. He said he that's not a thing. That's not an option okay. for him. So with that being, uh, I would assume, a proposed option if they did finish it and prominent important factors like him being opposed to it or unwilling, m- maybe, yeah, cancel the season, even though I don't want to see that happen. I believe if a, if a, a, a season is finished, it's going to be around a minimal to no public fan base. Yeah. Maybe some family, you know what I mean? Some approved yeah. family and some distance limitations. But it's not going to be the feel of any finals or playoff run that we've ever seen before. I'm not going to get into how they make up for the lost time. I'm going to assume that if they resume, that the top eight currently is who's going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's what I think would be the best. It is unfortunate for people like the Blazers, we're here in Portland, so we know that they were still attempting to try to make a playoff push. I was on Portland Gears Live today, and they did like a live with Zach Collins, and Zach Collins was saying he's 95% done with rehab, and he was pretty much ready to come back and play. He was going to be a part of making that, attempting to make that push for the playoffs. Nurk was supposed to be coming back as well. Right, so for stuff like that, obviously it's just an unfortunate thing that happened. I mean... Like I said, this is the one thing we all have in common. Even as an NBA player, you're going to face some adversity with this. Even with money, you're going to face some adversity with this. And so, just like people is losing jobs and being laid off and losing certain streams of income right now, for them, some people just might miss that playoff run that they thought they was going to make or that playoff push. And so, if they do finish it, which I hope they do, I think it's going to be done with the as-is playoff entry as far as the standings and that it'll be played with, with minimal people in whatever arena they play in. So I, I do hope that they do. If I had to give you a opinion or if they do it or not, I would say that it would be done the way I just said. Yeah, just piggybacking off think? yeah, just piggybacking off a little bit of what I said in the last episode that we had. Um I just think they should cancel it. Just mm-hmm. cancel the season, call it a wash. It's unfortunate but for one, we have a public health crisis going on that's far more important mm-hmm. than a title being crowned in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, for two, uh, I obviously cover college sports, so college basketball in particular, let's be clear on that. Um, so I see a lot of guys, because I cover Division One ball, that have a really bright future that might not necessarily be on the radar of NBA scouts at the moment because one of the biggest platforms that these organizations have to be able to see kind of players that they don't necessarily know about across the country is March Madness. March Madness 
has been canceled, season suspended. We don't have an NCAA champion this year, so why be in such a rush to make sure that we have an NBA champion? And like I, I said, I, I respect that yeah, decision yeah, too. I, I, I think I it's probable. Yeah, I understand. I understand it's two different leagues, but just kind of connecting the dots here, and then even thinking about how international the NBA has become as well, and thinking about you know in the draft these days majority of the guys that we're hearing about in the first round, not majority, but a good portion of the guys that we're hearing about being drafted in the first round are guys from overseas who are obviously stagnated right now during this time period and us knowing who will be the future of national basketball, of the National Basketball Association. So I just think on a lot of fronts, it's unfair to keep these execs for these particular organizations in limbo because there is still a future for these organizations and the present doesn't quite seem that nobody is going to get what they want right now. So if you just cancel and suspend this season and just say, we're going to call it a wash, those execs that now work for the Blazers or the Lakers or the Warriors or you name it, could start to work on the future of their organizations because there is a future (laughs) that we have to kind of look forward to and their jobs depend on that as well. So I just think it's sort of unfair, like I said, to leave folks in limbo right now in regards to knowing what's going to be next when you can make a firm decision right now on canceling the season. You can invest more time into finding out who's the up and coming players that'll be entering the draft, declaring for the draft who you might've missed out Um and, and March Madness couldn't necessarily have their time to shine during their conference tournament or during the NCAA national tournament. I just think that it's a lot that, he's, that these execs missed out on, and they should be able to get some of that time to really kind of focus on the future of these organizations because times are just too uncertain right now for them to be held up by the uncertainty. I, so, I respect that, so, so that's what I see. Um, and now let's transition back to a creative because I don't know if you if you heard this album or not yet, um, but I did. But I wanted to talk about Childish Gambino. Um, did, were you able to listen to his newest album Mm-mm. that was released? Mm-mm. Okay, so I don't want to really do a deep dive on the music necessarily, more so than wanting to do a deep dive on him as a creative and how talented of a creative he is. I thought the album was pretty good. Uh, nothing like that last album what was that Redbone or with Redbone I know for sure um, I think it was a lot more musicianship in that album where I think this album took more of an electronic type of a turn but nonetheless I think it was still insanely creative because he's just so insanely talented and can do so many things on a track that you never really know what's to come and he kind of keeps things open-ended as far as being a creative is concerned. Right. You know, just think about yourself as a creative. I think about what I do as a creative. We like to have as much control as we possibly can on what it is that we're creating. Or we tend to have a vision, per se, on what it is that we're creating. And in that vision, we know what perfection looks like. Where I think Childish Gambino is so impressive is I don't necessarily think he has a creative vision. I think he more so has a creative genius and he leans into that genius and allows him to direct it wherever it, wherever he goes. And with that, I think it reels in 
the consumer and it has them kind of thinking all over the place Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you're really trying to figure this thing out. You're trying to figure this genius out and you really just can't. But because it's genius, it's still very appealing to the consumer. And I think that is what impresses me most about Childish Gambino. And I don't know of any other creatives out there that keeps me as uncertain, not uncertain, but keeps me kind of, uh, not really knowing what the full vision is or kind of keeps me predicting all over the place on what their creation is than Gambino. And because of that, I think he might be in our generation per se, not people that we grew up on, but in our generation, he might be the most talented creative there is. I'm going to listen and then respond for sure. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen because he's done some creative stuff. Especially as of late, um, the last three four years. But I'm going. I'm going. I I, I can't disagree with you. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. But but without you having to disagree with me, are there any creatives out there that you're just like crazy in tune with right now, or even not necessarily in tune with, but have a great respect for what they do on multiple fronts? Maybe like there was an era, uh, the last generation, I think had a Jamie Foxx. Jam- who, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> you know I, mean, what I'm saying? I figure I still count him right now. You feel me? Yeah. But yeah, the Jamie Foxx's, the Will Smith's, right. you know, that's the right. people you think of when you what say, what about are, maybe a generation after them though? So you saying like more recent, more, more current. recent, more current. Um, when it comes to a more current time it's still, I was still, I would probably still say it's more when you talk about them people, it was more like pop and R and B kind of thing. I think it was still it's just rap now and it's not like with them T V shows was more popular. Now it's movies and music videos that's being brought into this acting thing and it just a lot. So I mean with being caught off guard right now, Childish Gambino would be the first person that come to mind yeah. when it comes to just the creativity of it. But I think I think if we dive a little bit deeper and I was prepared for that, I, I would have more. So mm-hmm. I'm going to think on that and maybe revisit that on the next podcast. For sure. For sure. It's all good. I, I, I would like for you to do that. Like I said, I would like for you to listen to the album. And y'all listen and- to as listeners. What, what kind of people, you know, more current do you think fit that? That wear many hats in entertainment and are creative and, you know, superior in, in those multiple realms? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah, so with that being said, man, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. We don't need to be here all day, all night. <laughs> yeah, We're 40 man. plus minutes into this thing. And we uh, ain't six feet away, yeah. so bye-bye now. Yeah, right, right. We're, we're in this room, and we don't need to be all on top of each other with that. But we are we are in the house. We're sheltering in place. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, with that said, like I said, anything. Where, where do they find this music at that you're releasing right SoundCloud.com now? SoundCloud.com/dboyltd. This strictly for promo right now. I'm trying to entertain the people in my own way. So a lot of the punchlines and you know narrative it has something to do with coronavirus or how life has been adjusted since the coronavirus. But that can all be found on SoundCloud.com/dboyltd. D B O I L T D. So or on my Instagram, you can listen to the snippets and click the link in my bio. My Instagram is dboyltd as well. Absolutely. And you can find me, Pounce underscore Sation, or just search my name, Devon Pouncey, on Instagram. As I mentioned, I'll be doing a set tomorrow, the Neo Social Distancing set. Tomorrow will be Monday night. Right now, we're recording this on a Sunday night. 
Um, and like I said, there were some things today I just didn't necessarily want to touch on because I might be getting some guests in here in the near future that I would love to cover some topics. Another one is Steve Ballmer and with the LA Clippers buying the form, $400 million cash. I definitely want to talk about that, but I got a guest in mind who I think can really lay things out for us greatly here on this podcast. So just stay in touch, stay in tune with what we're doing and We'll continue to have more folks come on here and we'll practice social distancing with them for sure um, and being able to inform us on what's really going on. Uh, like I said, also, Street Roots, follow us, subscribe to us, donate if you would like to. Um, you go to news.streetroots.org to get all the information that you need. Great content is being put up there. And also, as I mentioned, very, very, very soon, I will be launching a Street Roots podcast that I will be hosting on behalf of the organization. So definitely looking forward to that and really working hard on that right now. So we're going to keep the content rolling and keep the content coming even through these crazy times. So stay tapped into what we're doing. Give it your all in whatever it is that you do right now, because I'm pretty sure you're doing some things a lot differently than you may have in the past, but they might be passion projects and things that you actually love to do right now because the past may not have necessarily allowed you to, whether it be because of a nine to five or whatever it is that you got going on that just didn't really give you or allow you to have the time necessary to do what you may love to do. So right now, while we're sheltering in place, work towards your goals, work towards your dreams, work towards your visions, and let's take the steps necessary to make it happen in one way or another. But um, yeah, give it your all in whatever it is that you do. And uh, we'll leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. win.